Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Blind Tag Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Nashheim. Today is going to be a great show. I believe it's going to be a great show, and I'm going to will it into existence. So, I have a couple people on mute right now, staring at me through the Zoom video, like, oh my god, will you hurry up and get us off mute? I uh, have Bennett Ferguson and Matt Weiner. They are the hosts of Sports Uncaged. You can listen to them 6 p.m. Monday through Thursday on WCCU Radio. Visit at WCCU Radio or at WCCU underscore Sports Uncaged on Instagram for more information on how to listen to their show. We did a episode where we talked about one of the questions was wrestling based and we decided well Wrestlemania is coming up we're going to do a Wrestlemania episode now this was recorded around the holiday time and I thought okay we'll, we'll just see what how it goes and it ended up being two and a half hours long so because of that for the next three weeks Matt and Bennett will be joining us we will talk about our mutual love of professional wrestling who we feel, best shows, best pay-per-views, all that stuff. And this will lead up into WrestleMania 37, which is April 10th and 11th. They're going with the two nights again this year because, well, what else is going on? Uh, they're not on a normal touring schedule next year wrestlemania 38 in dallas that we'll be back to a one night uh 15 hour show and i say that with all sarcasm but seriousness at the same time so with that being said we're going to take just a little just a little break and when we come back matt and bennett will join us and we will get, you know, let them introduce themselves, and then we will start talking to about wrestling. Now, uh, towards the end of this episode, I will update everyone on how the NCAA tournament is going, which this is airing the uh, after the first and second round has been concluded. I will definitely make sure to update you on any upsets and things to look out for in the next rounds. So, I will be right back. We'll take a quick little pause so we can unmute Bennett and Matt. Before we get back to the podcast, I want to let everyone know about my intro. That is Sax Rock and Roll by Kevin McLeod. This song and other songs that are royalty free are being able to be found on IncomTech.com. Man, guys, welcome back. It's It's been a little bit since uh, we all three of us have gotten together since we did a uh, episode on WCCU. So, uh, how you guys been? Been pretty good, honestly. I mean, I know when we're recording this, it's you know the holidays, mm. um, and it's it's been it's been nice to see my family again. I mean, it's been a while, um, so I mean it's been pretty good. No what about you, Matt? Yeah, you know, man, I've I've been at home, so I've been seeing my family every day. But <laughs> I still got I still got to complain there. But um, yeah, we're, I think things are going pretty well. Um, uh. COVID cases are rising, unfortunately, but we always got to do our part and uh, staying safe, and I think we're doing that pretty well so far. Well, some people are. Other people are being complete morons about it, but, you know. Oh, yeah, trust me. My family does not count as that into that group. I promise you that. Oh, man. Um, but, so, like I said, you know, I know Bennett, uh, we work together on WCC Radio, but this is a new forum. We're probably reaching new... Uh, people potentially so uh give us a little bit about yourself 
Um, okay, let's see. Let me pick out the best moments of my of my uh, <laughs> time because I mean, uh, it's very differing stuff. Because um, I mean, half my life I did a lot of acting, a lot of performing, um, and uh, the theater that's literally right across the street from my house. Um, for most of my life and that sort of led me into sports um, because uh, it's acting uh, a good bit of stuff in sports is acting a lot of it's real but the emotions um, uh, that sort of it's just acting so it, it got me into that uh, I became a huge sports fan huge sports nerd um, uh, around 2013 which I will yeah 2013 2011 like those years uh, they sort of blend together back then but, uh, Love how you went backwards in time. <laughs> yeah, um, the, those that uh, ironically that was when the Saints won the Super Bowl, and so I became a Saints fan. And so now I have to make sure I tell everybody I didn't know what the Super Bowl was until after I started following the Saints. So no, you know, bandwagon stuff there. Wait, whoa, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Listen, I did not Who watch did the not Super Bowl. Know what what the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl was? was? The first Super Bowl I ever watched. That's incredible. Panthers Broncos was the first Super Bowl I ever watched. Oh my God. Sorry, Panthers Broncos. Let's, let's put it this way. My mother is not a sports person at all and she knows what the Super Bowl is. Man. I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I, I just never was interested in them until um, 2013, 2011, that, that area. And then finally I watched that Super Bowl and so it opened me up to the world of sports. And so I've been, uh, I worked at my high school radio station for three years, um, called a bunch of uh, games for the, the little group of schools that we had. Um, went to New York, won best uh, video commentary for a sports broadcast of the year uh, in New York. Uh, not going to say how many people were in the running for that, but it was less than one. I will know less than two. <laughs> no, it was pretty easy for me to win. Pretty uh, wide field of competition there, buddy. Wow. Yeah, I mean, so. Uh, but uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, I had two differing um, parts of my life, pretty much uh, sports and, and theater. So. Well, Matt, apparently this is already going off the rails, and we've only been recording for a few minutes so please for the love of god save this please oh for sure the, please tell me you knew what the super bowl was bro my <laughs> super bowl but i can't believe you didn't know till the Panthers broncos man so i've been my family's pretty athletic we've been in sports all our lives my dad played ball in high school um played college lacrosse um, my mom's a big basketball soccer player um, so I was basically born into the sports world. I didn't take up to him until playing him until competitively, like eight years old. I started with flag football and basketball leagues and sports, stuff like that. And those are the leagues I kept going with. I played tackle um, eighth grade through 10th grade. Then I stopped in 10th grade to go get a job. And after that, uh, I developed um, more of a voice. When I was younger, I was a shy kid, so I didn't really, under, didn't really extort my energy or um, show everybody like, what I could do. Then took a few events, took a few years for me to come out of my shell. And then more and more, I was talking more about sports, talking about it with people, talking to larger groups of people, whether it's online or in person. I was just, it was just very fluent and very natural to me. That includes anything of the pro wrestling business as well. Um, but last year really came out of my shell in terms of being a sports reporter, um, was a lead writer, lead sports writer for my high school, uh, Leesville Road High School, the Mycenaean. Um, really turned out to be great. Had a lot of different multimedia opportunities that helped me kick more out of my shell. And before I knew it, I was communications major all the way down, all the way down in coastal Carolina. So, um, sports have always, I'm always thinking about sports. Um, you can probably see from my background here, plenty of items, plenty of items, um, to keep me busy. And they're just always going to be around my head. I'm in two final fours in my fantasy football leagues right now. So that's definitely at the front of my focus right now. But, um, yeah, sports are just something that's just common, natural to me. Well, Bennett, we're going to get to your fancy team in just a moment, but um, yeah, we will. Um, but I know, Benny, you're here at Coastal. Uh, Matt, are you? You are coming onto campus in January. 
Right, moving to next month. So let me ask each of you this question. What brought you to Coastal Carolina? And if you say the football team, remember last year we were five and seven, so that's not a good answer. <laughs> uh, well, Benson, you go. That. Oh, well, sorry. Me? Me? Okay, I'll go first. Um, well, first off, I, I do want to say um, my senior year, I covered uh, Clemson, USC, and Coastal. We had, well, I didn't cover it, but I helped get the information to cover it. Uh, another person that was in our network covered it, um, but I mainly had to collect everything for him. Um, uh, and I, I, I realized that, hey, you know, Coastal's doing something with their football team. I was hoping they would go, you know, 11-0 and and all that stuff and be amazing. They didn't, obviously, but I, I did know, hey, their football team's legit. Um, the World Series uh, really put me on the map of, hey, there's Coastal. Coastal's an actual school down there. Um, before that, I really hadn't, you know, thought about going to school down there. I had been thinking, I hadn't even thought about school yet, you know, until senior year. Then I panicked. I'm like, where am I going? Um, and I realized that, um, you know, Coastal's radio program and their communications department is really good. Um, and I realized that uh, if that's what I want to do, I want to be somewhere where it's away from my parents a little bit they uh they live in the upstate um but i can still get to them easily um and somewhere where it's warm most of the year uh so coastal was the automatic choice plus i didn't want to change my uh sat grade uh at the university of south carolina they had the wrong one and i just didn't feel like changing it so uh, <laughs> uh coastal had already accepted me and i'm like yep <laughs> going matt what about you yeah so I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina. I haven't heard of Coastal until last year. Um, I knew they won the World Series a few years ago, but when I was looking at colleges, I was looking for a place A, where I could take all my communication skills and apply them well, B, somewhere that I knew I would enjoy myself and the surrounding areas, and C, sports. Um, so I've always enjoyed the beach. Beach um, has always been really my happy place. and I never really had a problem with Myrtle Beach or any of the surrounding beaches there. Um, another thing would be, I think it's because that I actually had football. So I had a top three, I had top three colleges. I had High Point University, Queens University of Charlotte, and I had Coastal Carolina football, not football, Coastal Carolina University. Um, Coastal Carolina was the only team, the only school with an actual football team. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say that played a huge part in it, but it definitely played a huge part in my decision. Um, mainly because football is my favorite sport and all that. But also finances were another thing. Um, it was the most affordable um, ways to get into school. And uh, I mean, since then, I really haven't read the decision, even though I haven't really stepped on campus as a true student, but um, I've already made some good connections, so. Well, I, th I think mine was, I was in the process of getting my associate's degree. And I was like, you know, I really, I didn't have a plan to go to school, go after that, so get an uh, associate degree and then see what happens. Uh, Bennett's camera has apparently gone sideways. It's okay. <laughs> yes, so you can life. Uh, and then I was like, okay, so I'm going to go work on my bachelor's degree. And actually, NC State was my first option. Speaking of Raleigh, North Carolina. State. Oh, okay. Well, I wanted to stay in state from because I grew up outside of Burlington, North Carolina. And I was like, okay, I'll stay in state, so I'll get a cheaper rate, stuff like that. I was the only school I was going to apply to, and then it's like, no, 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 I really need to uh, broaden my search. So I started looking at uh, sports rec uh, uh, programs, and I found Coastal Carolina, and I found Georgia State. So I, those are my three, and I made a deal that I was like, if I can't step on campus to tour it, it's out. Because I'm not going to walk on campus blind. So I was going to apply to the uh, University of South Carolina, but I could never, I would have had to take a Friday, an entire weekend off just to take a tour on a Friday. And in the business I was working at the time, you don't take Fridays off unless you had a very good week. So Coastal accepted me. Um, 
I came down here. And funny thing is, for the first year I was down here, my dad would still get a letter from Georgia State saying, hey, do you, do you want to send your uh, your student a uh, care package for finals week? I'm like, I'm, does your records not show that I'm not fucking there? That reminds me, I keep getting emails from my point, not about care package, but like, they're like, are you enjoying your experience as a student? So, no. Just hit delete. Yeah, there you I'm go. Just, just, hit, just hit delete. Um, but I will sit here and say uh, my time, it's weird to say in the past tense now, but my time at Coastal, because, you know, I got the old, uh, I got, I, I got the hat. And, and I got, yeah, oh, the, the tassels oh. teal. Oh, yeah. I don't, like that. I don't know if I like the teal on that dark blue. Well, it's it's actually more black. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's not dark blue. blue. It's, it's black. <laughs> Maybe the lighting might have made it dark blue. But I, think it was, I think it was the lighting. Yeah. Just blend on the lighting. It's, it's really <laughs> Hey, it's, it's not my fault. It's the apartment, okay? And I, I haven't got the lighting rig. That's... That's whenever I get this thing monetized to the point where I can buy a rigged lighting or whatnot. But one day at a time. Um, so I know. So you, both of you guys have worked in communications and stuff like that. So one question I want to ask is, who is the most famous person in the sports world? that you have had a interaction with for longer than a couple minutes. No, oh, starting off deep, Kyle, aren't we? Yes, we are. While, while y'all are thinking, you want me to tell you mine? Please. Okay, I'll, 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 I'll give you guys a time, a time to think. So, mine was the one, the only, Mark Calloway, AKA, well, I know you guys know, but The Undertaker. So, I was writing for the youth section of the Burlington Times News, and they sent us to Raleigh. Here's Raleigh again. At the, Bingo. Hey, what, what was then known as the Entertainment and Sports Arena, now it's what, the RBC Center or the uh, it was RBC, then we changed it to PNC seven years ago. Okay, yep. I, I keep forgetting. It, it's had like three or four names in like 20 years, so. That's yeah, not your fault. You're not following. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I still call it the Entertainment Sports Arena. But anyway, uh, they sent us there, or actually my editor was like, hey, me and a friend of mine did a wrestling column. He said, hey, why don't you, they're doing a press conference for promoting SummerSlam in Raleigh. Why don't you, uh, you guys go? I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll sit in a room and uh, interact with The Undertaker. I mean, come on. I mean, uh, now my partner couldn't make it because he had already rescheduled his senior pictures twice. So you can't reschedule it again. So he had, he had to back out. My dad went there with me. So we're, we're sitting there, we're talking, um, we're listening to the press conference and um, someone asked him his real name or what was his real name? And my dad, without a beat, goes, Mark Calloway. Oh. And, uh, and, and he goes up and goes, somebody knows his stuff. And and, and then someone, and then um, they, were, they were talking about his career and then my dad was like, oh yeah, uh, didn't you start as mean Mark Callis? And goes, whoa, okay, someone knows his stuff. And you know, I, I got a chance to shake his hand, and I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> like, literally engulfed my hand. Uh, I probably had to get on a six-foot ladder just to look him eye and eye. And, eye. and I, to this day, is a great memory, and that is the most famous person I have had in
So while I tell, awesome. while I've told my story, have you guys been able to think of one? Yeah, I got one. All right. The business, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll let I'll let Matt go. I don't think it's it's not as um, I guess in a way um, bigger or bolder than Kyle's story, but I think it's pretty good. Oh, come so, on. Got it. Well, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. So I was 10 years old. And this, this interaction, it lasted the entire night. You're going to see. Uh, I was 10 years old. I went to a pro-am basketball game uh, down there in Raleigh. <laughs> and I hope your story's from Raleigh, too, because then you can add to the theme. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe you should. But, um, yeah, I think, was it Dordan Arena? Uh, I want to say that. But pro-am basketball game, you had... Uh, it was it was probably either Jordan Arena or maybe Reynolds Coliseum. Yeah, I think it was Jordan because they renovated Reynolds like twice. Okay. Anyways, um, we were down there in Jordan for a pro am basketball game. I was there with my friend Brady. Um, we were, we were chilling out. It was two thousand and let's see, I was ten. So, oh, just kidding, I was nine. Two thousand ten. Yes, two thousand ten was the year. The there are some stars there. Um, there are some former basketball players playing. There are some kids coming out of college. Biggest name, Kyrie Irving. Ooh. So Kyrie Irving was there. We had we had like second row seats, something like that. And then one of the one of the game managers. So not one of the team's coaches, were, but one of the game managers. Like, hey, we need a guy. We need someone who can uh, clean up the floor. We need someone who can get the towels. Um, start cleaning up. So immediately, I raised my hand. I said, hey, pick me, pick me. I'm like, all right, all right, kid, come on. And so I was like, oh, cool. So then I got on the court. They gave me a towel. I said, just wipe it up every time they come by. And then once they bring it back um, to the other side of the court, I said, cool, cool. And then, so I was doing that. It was really good. We were doing that through the first half. And then second half, um, Irving, Kyrie was at the line. Um, and he shot, he shot a few. And then he made... No, missed the first one, made the second one. And then he looked at me and he pointed at a spot. He said, you better get, go get to it. <laughs> and I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I went there and just cleaned it up real good. <laughs> I was like, wow. Okay, we're just talking. That's freaking sweet. Um, yeah, so, and then I was talking to me. He wants me to clean up his sweat. <laughs> Incredible. I, no, he didn't dunk that game. I wish he did. But he said, we were going through. He was, you know. Every once in a while, he came. Over, he kept doing some sidebars. Like he almost, he ran up full court and he almost sprinted into me. He said, "Kid, you better watch where you're going, man. You know, I'm about to run into you." Just like, yes, sir. I will avoid any cost. But I was just starstruck that night. It was great. But after the game, um, we were talking. Um, we were talking. I was like, uh, "Yeah, can you sign my shoes?" And he signed my shoes. And then we were just talking for ten minutes after that. Um, just about, you know, I was playing basketball when I was little, so he was asking me how that was going. And, I mean, I wasn't playing travel, but I was still playing um, in a few different leagues. And it was really fun, and he—he he seemed generally interested. You know, he, he cared. And, you know, I was—I was cool just to meet him and talk to him. And I still have those shoes; they're somewhere up in the attic. But it's probably a little bit of a faded signature. But that's Dang. probably the most recognizable sports figure I've that, come in contact with. That's awesome. Uh, I mean, Kyrie Irving, you know, around that time was really—I um, mean, he wasn't as big as he is now but also at the same time he wasn't as controversial in a way as he is now so nah. um, I mean if you're a 9, 10 year old kid and you get a, an NBA player to sign your shoe you're going uh, I, you are the greatest player of all time it, yep. it, it could have been uh, you know the 12th man on the roster you would not have cared. You would have been in hog heaven. Not one bit. Bennett, so we, we've set we've set the bar. You have to jump it. I hope um, we didn't set it too high. Okay, yeah. well, here's the thing. You said at the beginning, like, a couple minutes. Uh, like, not something that lasts a couple minutes, but I haven't really met that many people for a long period of time. Um, <laughs> and when I have, it was sort of like, when I meet them, it's like, oh, hi. Like holy crap, let's get a picture and then they're gone, because that's work to do. Well, then, so who well, would be the biggest star in? Okay, well, let me start with saying um, the guy who did class rings at my high school, uh, who worked for Justin's, which is the ring, that ring company, uh, is good friends with my dad, and his 
the guy's dad played in the NFL. He played for Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm pretty sure he was a quarterback, but he never, of course, saw any game time. He played with the Patriots as well, I think, when they were really bad um, back in those days. And I don't know if they still do this now, but back then, if you played in the NFL, um, you get on-field passes for every game that you want to go to. If you play in the NFL and you get cut or you retire or something, you get on-field passes, you get free tickets to every game. That's how they do it. That's how they did it. I don't know if they still do. But Probably not this year. Had, well, he had them. So he gave me and my dad tickets to a Saints-Carolina Panthers game in Charlotte. So it's not quite Raleigh, but it's Charlotte. Okay. Uh, oh, just missed it. If only they were the Raleigh Panthers. Um, but we went, and I was the only person on that sideline in a Saints jersey, um, besides the Saints players, obviously. Mm. But uh, we were waiting by the Saints uh, tunnel going out, and I – freeze i don't get any pictures barely i only got two uh biggest regret of my life is not getting one with willie sneed because that guy something something else <laughs> uh just such a good guy but um I, I just freeze up i don't i don't ask i'm nervous and finally some guy comes up and goes hey you want a picture i'm like yeah and i wish this guy was still in the nfl uh kobe fleener that guy oh yeah such oh, a he was so nice he was so cool um and I, I have a picture. I have a picture with him on, on, not on my phone, but I think it's still on my dad's phone. Um, but I, great guy. The other person, uh, I had to corner. He was up there signing pictures of people in the stands. Um, and I knew if I was going to get anyone's signature, it'd be Drew Brees. Um, well, wow. picture with him. Um, I had to corner him. I got a picture with him. Uh, my dad almost dropped his phone. He was so nervous. <laughs> Cause he wanted to make sure he got a perfect picture. Uh, he didn't get a picture with them, but I did. Uh, and then uh, I, I thought that was the end of it. We, uh, we hang out on the sidelines. I see Willie Sneak catch a couple passes during warmups. And I see, uh, I think Brandon Cooks was still on the team. He caught a couple. Uh, and then we were told, hey, you have to go back up to your seats. So we went back up to our seats, thought it was over. Christmas comes around and uh, my dad pulls out this present for me. And it's a signed copy of that photo from Drew Brees. Uh, that somebody uh, went and took it to Drew and he remembered me. And that was really nice. He was like, oh, that's a kid from that game. And I'm like, holy crap. And then one of my mom's, uh, I think former students, works for the Saints. And he saw that on my mom's Facebook. He took that picture and went, took it to Drew Brees. So now I have two signed pictures of me with Drew Brees. Nice. Okay. Wow. You know what? So Kobe Freeman and Drew Brees might be the top two people I've ever met in my life. That that's awesome. I have not been on a. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. No, I haven't been on a NFL football. I saw football. Marcus Wheaton in the airport one time uh, at a Steelers game. <laughs> that's been it though, um, pretty much. Well, okay. I, I think before we really get into the crux of what we're going to talk about tonight, I wouldn't be remiss in to ask the status of your. Fantasy team, Mr. Bennett. We mourned the loss. As well. <laughs> we mourned? mourned the loss. Oh my! Um, so my dad's league that I'm, I'm I was helping him out with uh, is the is his school, um, so it's with a bunch of his school buddies, and we lost to his assistant principal, Mr. Bramlett, Philip Bramlett. Um, he had, to his credit, Tom Brady, Derrick Henry. Oh. Uh, he had Travis Kelsey, oh. and uh, and I think he also had um, the Dolphins kicker um, Sanders. Yeah. Sanders, but I don't think that was that big of a deal. But he no. had those three on his team. You know who I had? I had Lamar Jackson and Aaron Jones, but that, that's pretty much it. Um, and of course the Chase Edmonds, but uh, that was the last Ooh. second decision because my dad wanted to put in Washington from, from the Dolphins. I'm like, I don't know, Dad. Mm. Chase Edmonds. Uh, neither um, of them are <laughs> too effective. They went uh, from number one in the division to uh, the bottom half. So, um, mm. and actually, Chase Edmonds had been really good. Um, he's like my my player of the year in fantasy because he just consistently got points. Um, but yeah, they couldn't pull through for me. Yeah. So that was playoffs. 
Yeah, that's last week. Yeah. How am I supposed to beat Derrick Henry and Travis Kelsey and Tom Brady? Difficult. It's it's very difficult. Very that reminds me because a few weeks ago, um, I faced Derrick Henry when he had I think it was 42 standard points. Is the same week that Tyreek Hill had 200 yards and and two touchdowns in a quarter. And it was also this. It was Thanksgiving week, right? And it was the same week that uh, Deshaun Watson killed the Lions, and Will Fuller also killed the Lions. And my opponent had all four of those guys oh. on one team. I lost by 84 points. I put up. I put up 110. He put up 195, or 80, 85, 86. He put up 195 in a standard league, no PPR. Standard, brutal. And now I face him again this week. Oh. In the cha- in the championship semifinal, Ooh. with an underdog team, and he has re- really good matchups. Derrick Henry versus the worst run defense, the Lions. Tyreek Hill going up against uh, the Saints, who is pretty pretty attackable in the secondary. Not uh, Jalen Hurts did a little something to them last week, then unfortunately. Um, Jonathan Taylor versus Houston. Not looking forward to that either. And he's got Aaron Jones versus the Panthers. Stephon Diggs. It goes on. Basically, I'm the underdog, and that's my most important league. Because you win that league, you get a trophy with your team name engraved in the front. You keep it the entire year. It is a beautiful trophy. We invested a ton of money into it. It is something that I've just been on the cusp of bringing. I've been in three championship games. I've been playing it for eight years. So close. And this this could be my best year yet because I had Russell Wilson. I had Nick Chubb. Ezekiel Elliott did good until um, Dak got hurt in the line. Um... DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley. But that super team is my next roadblock. And I, we're going to find out. But Well, brutal. my issue was I had to make a decision between uh, Teddy Bridgewater, who was coming back from injury, or and uh, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Like, okay, Cousins is playing Tampa Bay. Uh, Bridgewater's playing Denver, and they've really not. Uh, Denver's defense is re- has been good. I mean, they haven't been winning games, but they, but they 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 they've been decent. So I was like, okay. And then I had a decision to make: who do I keep on the bench? Do I keep uh, Curtis Samuel, um, Mike Evans, Robert Woods, or? Jarvis Landry on the bench. So, I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen? So, I put Kirk Cousins in, because I know at least one thing, he he's going to get the ball out, and even though Tampa Bay's offense is good, the defense is, mm. and I was like, I, I keep Curtis Samuel out because, you know, their pass defense has been very decent and very decent. Um, those two combined for 36 points. So they would have got me three more points on the quarterback spot. And uh, Mike Evans, 8.6. Robert Woods, 8.1. Jarvis Landry, 11.7. Curtis Samuel, 16. And I lost. The guy I played, now I've got a uh, kind of do this here. The guy I played, and this is his starting lineup. Josh Allen, Miles Sanders. Oh. Uh, He had Lockett from Seattle, Robinson from Jacksonville, uh, Waller from Vegas. And he had the Chiefs defense. Hell, he had Derek Carr on the bench who scored more points than Josh Allen. And the way our league is, I got to play him again next week because it's a uh, uh, the, the first round because I, I made the top four made it and I barely made it in. The first round is week uh, 14 and 15. And then the last two weeks is the championship and the Constellation or whatever. So I got to play this group again. And the fact that right now, 
Um, Christian McCaffrey's out. Drew Brees is still on IR. Coming back, though. This week? Uh, I think they're bringing him back this week. Well, he, he's, he's still listed as IR, so I don't know. Um, Gaskins from Miami got injured again. Yeah, they put him on COVID. Uh, uh, Hopper is questionable. So, yeah. <laughs> and, like, literally right now, my, my two running backs are both of the Washington running backs that are not um, injured. McKissick and Barber. Huh? McKissick and Barber. Yep. Those are the two. Oh, jeez. I was going to say, um, maybe you could find some kind of consolation on the waiver wire, but I doubt it because it sounds like your roster is already pretty depleted as is. It is. Because really, yeah. I I would have to give up somebody. And and that's not even including the fact that I still have George Kittle on IR. In I have him in the IR spot. So when he gets activated, I gotta lose somebody. Ah, yeah. If I can eke out a surprise win and somehow make it to the championship game, I will be happy. But at least I made it. I'm top four. I'm happy with that. It should be. I mean, there's always a shot. Never say never in fantasy football. Um, to be honest with you, I shouldn't have even made the semifinal in my league. I won by point zero eight. <laughs> Literally less than a hundredth of – it's a couple hundredths of a point. But literally I was down 30 going into Monday night. Ooh. I had Nick Chubb and Mark Andrews left. He had nobody. Nick Chubb, 22, 22.3. Mark Andrews, he had one catch for 39 yards the entire game until that last drive. He caught three passes. And on the last pass, he got four yards. If he got three yards, I would have lost – but he got four, and I won by .08 that to the semifinal. was insane. Yeah. To say it's insane is an understatement. I mean, if that game went to overtime, I don't know what could have happened. Uh, this is the NFL, and it's 2020. Any, they would have tied. <laughs> they probably would have tied, wouldn't they? Damn. But speaking of insanity and 2020 and all that jazz, so – I know what we really came here to talk about is our, our love and our um, fandom of professional wrestling. So, uh, before we really get into the nitty gritty, uh, Matt, when did you first become a fan of, like, what was the first event that you saw that really made you a fan of professional wrestling? Let's see. So I think it started to pique my interest 10 years ago. It was at my friend Charlie's house. He had it on TV. I'm like, what's that? He said, oh, that's um, that's WWE. That's SmackDown. And the first guy I saw on the TV was The Big Show. Ooh. It was huge. And he was like, he had the whole crowd hyped. I was like, what? What? That dude's huge. Is he going to fight somebody? He said, yeah, he's going to fight somebody. And then I forgot who his opponent was, but it was, it was a squash match. He killed him in three minutes. I was like, whoa, that's so cool. So I went home the next day. I said, Mom, is there WWE on our TV? And she said, yeah, yeah, we'll wait for next week, for next week's SmackDown. And then it was Big Show again next week. Um, the first the first memory that I can clearly remember is at my house, Big Show on TV. Um, he came out during Jack Swagger's trophy ceremony. I don't know if oh, you guys remember that. Okay. Yeah, that was my first memory. And then he, you know, and he had some fun with Jack, took all his trophies. Bam, bam. And I was like, hmm. It's pretty interesting. Maybe you should tune in next week. And since then, I've been watching every single SmackDown and Raw I possibly could for the past 10 years. Alright. Bennett, what was your first um, memory um, about that really drew your attention into watching wrestling? Um, so, my favorite movie is Princess Bride. I like to say that um, because that's really what got me into wrestling. If y'all have seen The Princess Bride, yes. the big brute Andre the Giant. Um, the great and when I saw that man, something was like, 
who is that? Well, that's Andre the Giant. That's what my mom said. I'm like, who? who's Andre? Why is he called Andre the Giant? That's his last name. Well, obviously not. Um, so she told me about wrestling. She told me uh, a little bit about it. Then I asked my dad to get me WWE 2K14, um, which is probably the greatest wrestling video game of all time, if not, you know, just in the past, you know, couple years. Yeah. Oh, definitely all time. That's my favorite. Um, now, because that- of the match types and the, the amount of the roster that was on there. Now, I got to ask this question. Was that the one that had CM Punk on it, on the cover? Um, no, that was, the, you know, that was the 13. Next, it's yep. the one with the rock on it. Okay, gotcha. Um, and that was the 100 years of WrestleMania. And that's really what got me into wrestling is mm-hmm. I hadn't seen an episode of SmackDown or Raw in my life, but I knew what they were because I watched, because I played wrestling, because I, I did 100 years of WrestleMania. I did the streak, the slobber knockers. You mean 30? 30, 30? Uh, no, it was 100 Years of WrestleMania. No, it can't be 100 not. Years of WrestleMania because WrestleMania... I, I know, I know. It says that on the thing, though. It says the 100 Years of WrestleMania. Okay. Been around since 85. I know, I know. I, know. I mean, 1885, it's, really it's a really dumb name, but I, I think it was because they had 100 matches in it. 100 different WrestleMania matches, maybe. I'm not sure. Oh. Um, but they were all different, all unique. Of course, you had the body slamming of Andre the Giant by Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Um, but they were very limited on their roster size, obviously. So it was really that. And then I started looking up more about wrestling. And then I started watching it. But I was never able to fully watch an episode of Raw and SmackDown because there was always something else that my family wanted to watch. And they really didn't want to watch wrestling. So right. it was really the video games opened me up to it. And then ever since then, I've been keeping up with it. Um, pretty uh, Trying to pretty regularly. But I'm sort of living in 2016 because I don't have any of the new video games. I have WWE 2K16 for the PS4. And so uh, most of my knowledge comes from what happened during that time. Gotcha. Don't even worry about it because the other games since 16 are just Garbo. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm under blaze. Oh, <laughs> so my, my introduction obviously will um, be a lot earlier than y'all's because you know, I'm um, I'm a seasoned pro at life, <laughs> but the first time I ever saw um, wrestling on TV, uh, I was staying in. We were living in an apartment complex in Graham, North Carolina, and uh, someone's like, "Oh, well, you know, we're got this on the t- TV." I'm like, oh, what is it? He goes. It's, it's WrestleMania. Someone had ordered WrestleMania on pay-per-view. Oh, okay. I'll go in there. It's the ultimate challenge. Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan. And, oh. I, and I went, oh. And then that was, that's my first memory of like really um, enjoying it. Um you know, we would always get to pay-per-views and stuff like that. I think it really like blew up in the Attitude Era. Um, I'm blessed to have been able to watch the Attitude Era live and in person. Now, a lot of that stuff will not fly today, like uh, the God, like um, the Godfather's Hose, which we had to bleep out of another episode of uh, a radio show. It's on me. It's on me. This guy decided. It's on that. But. That that was really my first interaction with it, and it's just you know even since then, like you know, my, my fandom has really gone from you know cheer the good guy and boo the bad guy to you know I understand why he's doing it. You know, you know you kind of sympathize with the heels. You look at the ba- your faces and go, "You're an idiot. You're falling for this shit." I mean, come on. So that, that, was my, that was my first interaction. The first time I ever saw a show, it was a house show in Greensboro, North Carolina. It was three weeks after that Survivor Series. That same year? Same year, three, three weeks after. And you know which Survivor Series I'm talking about. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, this yeah. good job. So. Um, I think the main event was Austin and Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels and Triple H. And 
obviously it's a house show and you know no cameras or whatnot i remember asking my mom i'm going hey austin's coming out can i flip him off no and i go oh okay all right she's not looking And um, they had uh, the Road Warriors on there. They had um, against the Outlaws. They're really like practicing for when the Outlaws would win the tag titles from them and stuff like that. So, like, and then the, the first live show I went to, like, like, paper, like televised event, Unforgiven 1998, the Inferno match. And I tell you what, oh, it was hotter than hell in that bitch. Had to have been. Well, no, because you know what people are going to say. Oh, wrestling's fake, so obviously there had to be fake flames. I mean, I was wearing a, now. Obviously, I'm wearing a black shirt. So at that time, so I'm wearing. I think it was like the Stone Cold University T-shirt. Uh, I got a picture of it somewhere, and yeah, like I'm sweating. My, I'm, I'm drenched in sweat. I'm at the uh, first row of the lower level. Yeah, I'm drenched in sweat, but I'm having a blast. Um, so, yeah, um, that is my introduction to wrestling. So, let's let's just talk about wrestling. So, I, I want to really dive into like um, di- different aspects. So, one of the things I love about wrestling, and it is a lost art in the world of WWE, is factions. No, not faction warfare, okay? No faction warfare, but just just a good faction. Like, I think the last best one in WWE was Evolution. That, or, I mean, The Shield, because it it, it could be considered faction. So, The Shield. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say Shield. The Shield's a faction. I said The New Day is a faction. Okay, true. Okay. Because uh, technically, what was S.H.I.E.L.D. but three guys that were, you know, together? And really, that's exactly what the New Day are. You got a point. You got a point. So, yeah. here's here's a question I want to ask. All right. If you take out what is generally accepted as the top factions in wrestling, NWO, DX, um, Evolution, the Four Horsemen, and we'll, we'll, we'll just take those four out. If you take those four out, what do you think would be the best faction of all time without those four? Without NWO, DX, mm-hmm. what were the other two? Uh, Evolution and the Four Horsemen. Because obviously Four Horsemen is number one, in my opinion. Gotcha. Uh, not New World Order, Nation of Domination. Ooh. Uh, Those guys that really, were good. I really started The Rock's career. Because um, before that, you know, everybody hated The Rock. After that, you know, he sort of got put in the limelight. Uh, he got that push that he needed. Uh, Mark Henry in that in there sort of sparked his career. Uh, Farouk in there and uh, D'Lo Brown. Um, a bunch of others, I'm pretty sure, were in there too. Um, but I don't. I don't know that much about the the uh, nation of domination, but I do know that they were in there, uh, oh. and that they're all a lot of them are all Hall of Famers, um, and it's clear why because that just sprouted them and sent them off. And it was in a it was in a good time to have that too because they needed something like that. Now. Oh, I agree. So the the first um, incarnation of the nation of domination was Farouk, Crush, and Savio Vega, and it was after. Farouk failed to capture the WWF title that he said, okay, y'all need to get out. And that's when, in Farouk's words, he said he needed to be, the group needed to be stronger and blacker. And that's when he got uh, Kamal Mustafa, you got um, D'Lo Brown. They had Ahmed Johnson in there, but that didn't last long because that's when The Rock came back from injury. 
And like I say, he he really blossomed in that spotlight because he basically was booed out the building. They wanted him to die. So you know what? Turn him heel. Hey, that that sounds like a, a radical idea that should be really used in WWE today. Just <laughs> could you imagine? I know. Just imagine. Um the weirdest I think person in that group was Owen Hart. Now, when Owen came back after, because, you know, Vince wasn't going to let him out of his contract after that screw job. Um, he was promised that he was going to get a title shot or a title run or whatnot. And Sean and his um, wisdom was like, in. So he basically got brought back on false pretenses. It never turned to anything. So he basically had to find his way and he found it with the nation. I mean, don't get me wrong. He, he you know, the um, connection with him and rock was awesome, but it, it, it just wasn't a right fit. And unfortunately, uh, Owen's not here to, um, you know, just not here in general. So uh, Matt, what you got? Yeah, so that's a really good question. Um, I always, I've always enjoyed the Shield. That was just some recently, but I always enjoyed the Shield. Their domination was crazy. But I think the group before that that really ensured domination. I could think of two. Yeah. First one I think of was the failed run of the Nexus in 2010. Oh. I really enjoyed. I didn't understand it at the time, but a few years later, I watched it back and I really enjoyed what they were doing. But it sucks that they were killed in the same six months. This terror. But they had the greatest. I think they had the greatest debut of a faction I've ever seen. Oh, I mean, you have hands down. Yeah, you have these eight guys just come out of nowhere on this random Monday Night Raw, and you just have them surround the ring between John Cena and CM Punk. They just go in, just hound, just beat them up, keep going, keep going. And not only that, they could have stopped there. Now they tore up the ring, they tore up the floor. They punched out the commentators. They even choked Justin Roberts, the announcer, with his tie. They which, just which, made a statement. Which got brought, uh, Daniel Bryan fired because sponsors was like, no, this is PG. That's not PG. Right. Luckily, he came back, but against yeah. them. Yeah, basically, later, they were like, he was, he was, you're fired, but, you know, give us a couple months to cool him off, and then we'll bring you back. But um, Yeah, I really enjoyed what they were doing until they got killed. Oh. So I get, and the other, the other group I could think of was the Ministry of Darkness, um, which was led by Undertaker. Yes. Uh, let's see, he had Gang in its prime. He had Gangrel, Edge, and Christian as part of his associates. He had, um, what was it, the Acolytes? Not the APA, the Acolytes. Well, it's, it's, um, it's, it's actually it's the same people, but they went by a different name. Yeah. Right. So JBL and, um, Farouk and them, and he had uh. Of course, he had Paul Bearer by his side to help him out. He had, he had another guy. I keep forgetting who it is. Um, but. They, had, they had Midian and Viscera. So, um, right, yes. It, it's funny because it really, like, they started expanding into other wrestlers at the Royal Rumble when they kidnapped Viscera or they attacked Viscera while he was getting ready to enter the Royal Rumble as uh, right. Abel. And then they turned him. I was like, see, that was awesome. Like I, I loved it. Like the, the the darkness of it. It really brought an edge to what was going on. And uh, the Undertaker like really went all out on that. And uh, the, the the music that he had coming out to it with the guitar riffs. Oh, I mean honestly, I, I think what they should have done like when they did the final farewell is he. They really should have done a. Uh, anthology of his entrances until they got to the last one and then he'd come out. Because I would have loved to hear that ministry theme one more time on TV. It's so good. It it's is. Really, it's really uh, It really suited his character well. Oh, of course. That's the one thing Undertaker's been able to do that a lot of the young people should, you know, learn about is he kept his character fresh. If he felt he was getting stale, and here's the thing. It's not like you go from wearing black to wearing white. It's, you know, so he came out first. And then he put on the purple gloves. And then he put on the gray gloves. He would, he would, his mannerisms would change just 
just a little bit. Then he would have a like a, a jacket. Then it would have like a jacket with like a little thing popped up on it. I mean, the little nuances that he had that really brought that character kept it fresh. Um, people these days really need to uh, uh, just sit back and watch his career because honestly, that's how you keep fresh. So now you guys actually stole, actually Matt, you stole mine because I was going to say the ministry. Um, so. Didn't mean to steal your thunder like that, Kyle. You know, what? you know what? I'm going to go old school because if I said a couple times on the radio show, that's what I do. That's what I know. I'm going to go with um, the Triple Threat. This is a faction in ECW that at its beginning had Shane Douglas, Chris Benoit, and Dean Malenko in it. Oh, yeah. And they dominated ECW. Then Benoit and Malenko went to WCW. What did they do? They reformed, or they 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 kept it going with um, uh, Shane Douglas, Bam Bam Bigelow, and Chris Candino. Now the funny thing about all this was when Candino joined the Triple Threat, he was tag team partners with Lance Storm, who the Triple Threat despised. But yet, they were the definition of the. Uh, I, I think you remember uh, Sheamus and Cesaro when they first formed. They were like the tag team, you know, the tag team that doesn't like each other. Yep. Candido and Storm, they wrote the book on it. Like they literally, uh, I think them and Sting and uh, Sting and Lex Luger, like you have those two dynamics where one is a good guy, one's a bad guy, but they're the tag team champions. They, they will literally try to cost each other the match. But it somehow helps them win the match. Yeah. So, and I think an underrated group is uh, I watched a video online. They were talking about how many factions that Raven and Jeff Jarrett were in. But it's it's it was a hilarious one. But Raven's Nest in ECW, which kind of morphed into Raven's Flock in WCW. Because you, you, they sat out in the crowd. They just sat there, did nothing. Looked like they're miserable. But when they get in the ring, like you had, uh, especially in Raven's uh, flock, you had Raven, Saturn, um, Billy Kidman, like great workers. So, like I said, factions now and. I hate factions that are factions because they're fighting a faction. Like, you know, oh, we're banding together because of X, I mean, these seven people. Um, I think what was uh, WCW? That's like what's happening right now. That's just like what's happening right now. The Hurt Business and so New Day, Hardy, and uh, Riddle. Yeah. Up against yeah. Hurt. Yeah. Oh, I... Um, here's an in- interesting thing that I read that the Hurt Business was actually supposed to be the new nation domination yeah you can't redo old stuff. I can tell they're trying to draw a comparison to them Yeah, but you can't like like Ben said you can't replicate what they were doing oh no they had Ron Simmons and Mark Henry uh, in the, the PC when they were still doing it there at the time they had them flown down there because they were going to do on basically on camera anoint them the new like basically uh-huh. passed them the torch but uh mvp was like we can't be that because a you know we're not that core group you know we're not that core group of people we're not the rock we're not uh Faru. those guys did it second of all uh it's 2020 it's not exactly. 1997 they were good that, that they stood for back then and what they were trying to you know promote is definitely not what they're trying to promote now no. No. very different audiences too 
right, welcome back. And before we get in this episode, I want to give everyone just a little quick update on how the first four days of the NCAA tournament went. And, uh, holy shit. Let's put it this way. There are four teams from the Pac-12. Remember, the Big Ten sent nine. Nine. And you know how many is left? One. That is insane. We're guaranteed to see a Pac-12 team in the Elite Eight. That's insane. But what else is insane? The Midwest region is exactly where we are going to start. As in your Sweet 16, Loyola Chicago, the 8th seed, will take on 12th seed Oregon State. I had Loyola Chicago. I did not have Oregon State. And Syracuse as the 11th seed will take on Houston, the 2 seed. The only team of the top four to make the Sweet 16. The South is a little more uh, in insane, but it's because of one team. First, you have the Baylor Bears, the number one seed in the region, taking on the Villanova Wildcats, the number five, fifth seed out of the Big East. And then you got Arkansas, who Matt didn't think could beat Colgate, is now taking on <clears throat> Oral Roberts, the 15 seed. These are the second 15 seed to make it to the Sweet 16 since Florida Gulf Coast did it. I don't have the exact year in front of me, but it has been within the last 10 years. Now we go to the East region where we have the only matchup based on seeding that should happen in the Sweet 16. And that is one seed Michigan taking on four seed Florida State. And then you have the 11 seed UCLA Bruins coming off of their first four win, taking on Alabama, the two seed. And in the West, you have you have the one seed Gonzaga taking on fifth seed Creighton. And then you have six seed USC taking on seventh seed Oregon. Uh, let's just say Matt and Bennett's champions, Illinois and Georgia Tech respectively, both got eliminated by Loyola Chicago, whereas I have Gonzaga. They will be the first undefeated national champion since Indiana in 1976. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Now let's let's take a quick little detour into the women's tournament and just see how many upsets there are. Well, if you look for the Sweet 16, Michigan upset Tennessee 70-55. Iowa defeated Kentucky. It was a 5-4 matchup. And Georgia Tech defeated West Virginia, which is a 5-4 matchup. But the only true upsets was... I'm going to scroll down here. Belmont defeating Gonzaga 64-59. BYU defeating Rutgers 69-66. That was in the Mercedo region. And Wright State defeating Arkansas 66-62. That was in the Alamo region. So, as I, I, I've said before multiple times and multiple people, the women's tournament does not have the upsets that the men's tournament has. It doesn't have the parity. And I think that's one of the reasons why people go to the men's tournament more than they do the women's tournament is because when you turn on a women's tournament game, you have a 90% chance of knowing who's going to win. In the men's tournament, you don't. It's legitimately 50-50. Unless you're Gonzaga this year. 
we just hang. But that is all that we have for this episode. Next week, we will talk more about the wild and wacky world of professional wrestling as we gear up towards WrestleMania. And I will give you an update on the regional semifinals and finals of the NCAA tournament. For the Blind Tag Podcast, I am your host, Kyle Nashon. I hope everyone has a great rest here. Afternoon, morning, evening, whenever you are listening to this podcast. Oh, a shout out to the Shauna Clears. They are making the CBI final. They defeated Stetson yesterday. And they are playing today. Hopefully we can bring home the W. And I will expand more on that next week. Thank you everyone for listening. Until then, I'll catch you later.